Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Weaves in the lake, kicks it out. Ingles is open for three. He fires and hits. Catch and shoot threes for the Utah Jazz usually lead to great things. And Joe Ingles hits that one. Ingles finds Gobert on a roll. He dunks it. Beautiful finish by Rudy Gobert. Bogdanovich will step in a straightaway three and swish it. And then this pump going back the other way. It's his third three of the night. Three of ten shooting overall. 49-47. Jazz down two. Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder have met twice. Both the games in Utah, they split them. Tonight, they meet in Oklahoma City for the first time with the Thunder lingering just a single game behind the Jazz. They are on a hot stretch here. They're playing really well. They've won 17 out of 22. And PK for the Jazz, everybody's craving a good game, a big game, a performance where they look like a playoff team that can do some damage. March Madness cliche, hashtag. No, 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 that's noise. Make some noise. I'm going to the you NBA version noise. of damage. I'm going to do damage to you, and I'm going to hope that the Jazz make noise. It's going to be so much noise that my neighbors are going to call the police. Nice! That's a good Jazz game right there. <laughs> When's the last time you were somewhere that there was so much noise the police had to be called? Uh, I live a different life than you, Dave, so <laughs> I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> A day that ends in Y. Diamond back to the big 3-1-9. Cops come over. It's a party at the Kinahan's house. Go D-backs. All right, that game chips off tonight at 6 o'clock. The pregame show gets underway at 5 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. It into LeBron up top. Chandler on him. Goes right around him. In the lane. Kick it on the wing. Davis a three for the win. No good. And the Nets hang on and beat the Lakers here in Los Angeles. What a win to start the four-game California trip for the Brooklyn Nets. 104-102 the final. So the Lakers get a couple of big wins. And when you get up for big games, sometimes you have a letdown. Just going to write that one off to a letdown, PK? No, man. The Nets got rid of Atkinson. He sucked. And they get a new coach in there, Jock Vaughn. I mean, you get Jock Vaughn in there. I've always said Jock Vaughn is the most underrated assistant coach in the league. Haven't I said that for years? No, you really haven't. Oh, well, I'm going to start saying it. All right. He was the most underrated assistant coach. Yeah, I think that maybe was a letdown a little bit. Uh, Avery Bradley talking about no sense of urgency. Now, Avery Bradley against the Clippers was 6-12 of 12 from 3, and that's probably a large reason why they won because he's not that good consistently. I don't know that anybody is for that matter. Certainly nothing against Avery Bradley, but he's just not that good. So he turns around and he goes 2-8. of eight. And this game wasn't on national television, and it wasn't against the rival in the same building that everybody expects you to play for against each other in the third round or conference finals, however you want to call that. And so, yeah, they weren't very good. And uh, the Nets, the uprising that is the Brooklyn Nets, and I haven't forgiven them from the two things. I haven't forgiven the Brooklyn Dodgers for leaving, and I have not forgotten the New Jersey Nets leaving to go to Brooklyn. It's just the way I am. 
Gotta hold a grudge. I'm with you. Oh, you're not. Yeah, I'm holding a grudge against the Chargers from going to San Diego to L.A., and I can find somebody who's uh, mad at the Thunder for leaving Seattle. Sports teams move. People hold grudges. I had no idea the Chargers moved. That's how little I follow them. That's not true. But a very good idea. Two hours. Come on. That's more of a move than the Nets. Well, depending on traffic. <laughs> not really. Yeah. I mean, you just. I um, could the, get the, the path difference. train and. I'd be right there. The soil of Jersey versus the highfalutin soil of Brooklyn is so much different. You wouldn't know. The Dallas Mavericks went to San Antonio and got beat 119-109. You know, they're in seventh place for a long time now. They're not that far out of fifth and sixth, but it just doesn't seem like they can make a move. Doncic did what he could. He went off for 38 points and eight assists and seven boards. But Porzingis, four of 15 shooting. Yikes. One of eight from three. They could beat 119-109. Yeah, well, you look at the Mavericks. You know, Doncich is a superstar. He's an emerging superstar. No one disagrees with that. And you can make a strong case. He's one of the top five players in the league. And the Porzingis at times is pretty good. But then you get past those two, and I think there's a significant drop-off. Now, any given game, there's not necessarily a significant drop-off. But the level of consistency is not going to be there. And, you know, they were up a fair amount in that game. And then the Spurs took it to them and Dallas right now they've got a great weapon and a pretty good weapon and then depending uh, game to game who's it going to be you're not really sure so it was maybe a little bit of a Bogdanovich thing although Bogdanovich at his best is probably better than everybody on the Mavericks not named Porzingis or Doncic Uh, so they got some pieces to fill when they're good they're really good but then they can also look average is what I think when I watch the Mavericks play Spurs won the fourth quarter of that game, 36-24. They were down two going to the fourth, and they pulled away and won by ten. Big fourth quarter there. So for the Mavericks, as they stay uh, stuck in seventh place, they are uh, sitting three games behind the Jazz, two games behind the Thunder, who are playing tonight. They're not that far off, but, man, they've been in seventh place for a while now. Clippers also won. They crushed the Warriors, 131-107. to Well, we can get into this the Officials in San Francisco asked the Warriors not to play the game, and the Warriors said, no, thanks, we're going to play the game anyway. Now, that's kind of a different deal. They're in one, I think, one county to the north or two. Is it just is it the next county from Santa Clara? I think it's the next. But... Yeah. So they're not that far away from where, you know, you got another county saying, hey, no gatherings over 1,000, and it seems like multiple sports teams and tournaments are signing off on that. But the Warriors are just a big old, nope, we're doing it. That's a question of the day up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. We'll hit that a little later in the show. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. And he'll dribble down another West Coast Conference Tournament Championship for the Bulldogs. There's the horn. That'll do it. For the eighth time in the last ten years and the 18th time overall, the Gonzaga Bulldogs are the West Coast Conference Tournament Champions. 84-66, the final score. So we were looking forward to BYU and Gonzaga, and St. Mary's wrecked that storyline, and then they provided uh, a little drama and tension for 25, maybe 30 minutes. And then they hit a dry spell. Two baskets in 10 minutes. That's not going to get it done. Gonzaga just pulled away, pushed the lead to 15, and it was over. Easy win for the Zags. They're the Commerce Tournament champs again, and now everybody waits for the NCAA selection show there. Not really not really the drama we hope for there, PK. 
Uh, no, none at all, really, when you think about it. Maybe some in the first half a little bit, I guess, but I don't know that I consider drama in the first half. Right. It has to be deep into the ball game. And, yeah, I didn't think that St. Mary's is a good matchup for Gonzaga the way BYU would have win, but we'll never know because BYU couldn't have, they didn't get it done on Monday, and here we are Wednesday morning, and that still bugs me for their sakes. They really let a golden opportunity slip away. Now, I was on yesterday in Vegas, um, I had just come from Utah practice actually, and uh, talking with Gordon and, and uh, Jake Scott, and they were talking about you know how much of a a loss was it? Was it more than one loss? And I said for BYU, I, you know, I don't think that uh, they were going to suffer greatly as far as NCAA tournament bid, nor do I think St. Mary's is going to suffer greatly. I think their bids at that point had been established. Now, maybe they could have risen, could have gone up if either of them had beat Gonzaga, but neither of them did, obviously. I just think that for BYU's sake, because St. Mary's has already been there, they've won. Randy Bennett, I think, was hired in 2001, and he's won three titles, West Coast Conference uh, tournament titles. And for BYU, this is their chance to finally break through, and they didn't. I think that's the more stinging portion of the loss is nine years into it, they don't have any regular season or conference tournament titles. And this season, they seemed like they had a decent chance, and they still couldn't get it done. St. Mary's, they won it last year. They've got a little bit of a rep. They've been in the tournament, I think, in Randy Bennett uh, seven, eight times, I want to say. So basically uh, every think, other uh, year. Think, Ish. Yeah, I think his turn. I think he has played. Uh, I think they won. Have actually won three games in the tournament, and I think there's seven losses. So they've established themselves. Uh, some, now they'll find out where they go and see if they can find a way to get a win or two in the tournament. College basketball today. The big sky's getting underway. Weber State's playing Sacramento State at 9.30 in the morning. It's a little on the early side. Southern Utah and Idaho at noon. The Utes and Oregon State at 1 o'clock on the Pac-12 network. It's an 8-9 game. Winner gets Oregon. Uh, they both already clinched winning seasons, and I don't think either one can get to the NIT. I guess Oregon State could if they won and beat Oregon, and it still seems like a reach. So, I don't know. What are they playing for today, PK? There's a game, win it. Other than that, there's no bigger picture, is there? Yeah, I think that, uh, but that to me, that's, that's enough. I mean, there's a game. You got an opportunity to, if you don't get the NIT, you got an opportunity to win your, end your season on uh, two consecutive wins, which for the Utes, any little thing is you're looking for some form of positive as you're trying to build. And the, the last two years, maybe the last three years that I was in Vegas, it was about uh, going to the Utah game with them getting a bye on Thursday and then losing. And so now, find a way to win on Wednesday. <laughs> Years ago, I can remember going and they played the first game, which is noon Vegas time, and they beat uh, Washington. And then they got uh, slaughtered the next year by, uh, next game, I should say, by Arizona. But nevertheless, you know, they won a ball game. And for them, I went to their practice yesterday and I asked Larry, I said, uh, you know, this time of year you see seniors and they have a level of desperation and, and urgency because this is it for them. They recognize that it's coming to a close. They got nothing left beyond this, so many of them. And they play with, like, you know, the life or death attitude. Well, you don't have any. You just got one. 
And he said, yeah, I've been telling him for the last two weeks, you don't have to play. I don't have to wait until you're a senior before you play with this great level of urgency. <laughs> so uh, see what they got, you know, and Gotch is back and he's healthy and he's a good player. Now they said Jones was going to be out, uh, not going to be able to play. So that's a blow. Uh, but uh, I think that, you know, when you're playing, at least at minimum, for some personal pride going on here. And so you try to win the ball game. And you're know, probably not going to win tomorrow, but worry about tomorrow if you get an opportunity to worry about it. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. USC implementing attendance protocols. They're going to ban fans from home athletic events starting today and running through March 29th in response to the coronavirus outbreak. We're seeing a few things done in uh, the L.A. area. The Big West tournament isn't going to have any fans there. Not that they have a lot of fans, probably one or 2,000 people, but they're not going to have any fans there either. Former Michigan State Recruiting Director Curtis Blackwell filed a new lawsuit in state court alleging more recruiting violations and wrongdoing committed by the football program under former coach Mark D'Antonio. Illegally and secretly taping practices of opposing teams. There's some dirty stuff. Visiting recruiting homes, uh, soliciting improper benefits for family members of recruits and tampering by contacting players enrolled at other NCAA schools to recruit them. If this doesn't get settled, we get depositions and more details. But the FBI investigation doesn't seem to be turning the NCAA tournament upside down, does it? So no matter what gets thrown out there, I got low expectations for anything coming out of this. So all that was uh, relating to Michigan State? Michigan State football. Correct. Yeah. Uh, No wonder. I was wondering why the Patriots hired D'Antonio. Now I know. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Former Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski nearing a deal to join WWE. Yak is fist pumping right now. He'd just be funny to see doing the promotion. That's why they're hiring him. He's got a name. People will watch, right? Two NFL teams have proposed adding a sky judge, a booth umpire, to games. It's among seven rule proposals that will be discussed at the annual league meetings later this month in Palm Beach, Florida. The sky judge oh, just be sky. part of the recruiting team. I thought team. you'd have a, we'd have a helicopter guy just up there and he'd be <laughs> looking down with binoculars. I like it. Should, <laughs> should always be somebody in the blimp wearing the striped shirt. Looking down. Looking straight down. And then he can he can throw the flag, which, of course, it has to be weighted so it gets down there. In time, in yeah. In timely fashion. Gets caught by a gust of wind, ends up in the upper deck. Now there's a flag. Oh, yeah. Look over here. It leaves a crater that's about and three the players feet deep. Would, yeah. Players would be yelling incoming. All sorts of entertainment that you could add. Exactly. Forget WWE. Gronkowski's going to want in on this. And then if it hits the guy whose the penalty was on, he has to sit out the rest of the quarter. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up today, Tim Lacombe is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Jazz radio studio analyst Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoman, and News OK, newsok.com. That's at 9 o'clock. Also got the question up on our Facebook page, what do you think ought to be done with fans at sporting events and the events themselves? We'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Justin Bean from Utah State. How do you guys approach this tournament with the experience that you have as maybe compared to what you did last year? This season has been a roller coaster of, of emotions, um, lots of highs and lows, as we all know. But I think this year we've definitely learned how to fight through ups and downs. So I think our poise, our patience, and our level of maturity has improved a lot from last to this year. So last year was kind of unexpected by a lot of people for us to be there. But going into this season, we knew that we were supposed to be in this situation. So definitely brings a lot of confidence. We're excited for the opportunity, man. And we just can't wait to see who we're playing on Sunday. And we're going to use this week as a, another stepping stone just to get better and get everyone on the same page. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for the 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Question of the morning. What should be done with the spectators and the media with all these college and pro games and tournaments? And PK, if I can just summarize everything on the Facebook page today, it's nothing. Play the games, which is exactly what Brad said. And I think Brad speaks for most of the people who posted so far. There's uh, all types of details we can get into, but it is about uh, 99%. Oh, just keep going. Where's my game? Okay, but that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. We're already seeing stuff either shut down or being played without fans or people trying to decide between the two of them or moving them. Although some things are going on. I think games last night still had fans. Now maybe that'll change in a week or two. Joshua says, nothing. If you're worried about getting sick, don't go. The NCAA and the NBA are just covering their asses, pretending to do something when they're doing nothing. <laughs> okay, why would they need to do something, though? Why do they need to cover their petunias? Joshua does not go into that. He does not spell that out for us. I guess we could hypothesize that it's not a problem right now for most people, but if we don't do anything in a couple weeks, it could be horrific. But if we do do something, and it actually prevents it, then it'll look like it was an overreaction all along. Why'd you say do-do? Just for fun. Dad joke. <laughs> uh, so, then the Jazz are going to be playing before no fans? Uh, I guess we'll know more about that uh, later today. The NBA Board of Governors is preparing to confer with the commissioner's office today a critical conference call on the coronavirus. One of the scenarios introduced into the league's conversation involves moving some games to NBA cities that have yet to suffer outbreaks, according to sources in a report from ESPN. Well, what's an outbreak? That's a great question. I do not know how they're defining an outbreak. Bring the Lakers and Clippers to Utah. Let's do it. Because <laughs> I know when I was a kid, if I had two big zits, that was an outbreak. Thanks for that, PK. Well, you're asking. You said you didn't know how to define an outbreak. I just defined it personally. I think it's like one of these things that, you know, it's an individual. One man's outbreak is just another man's blemish. You know what I mean? 
in uh, in Santa Clara County that had a death in 43 uh, confirmed cases, so they consider that an outbreak. That's why they're limiting public gatherings of more than 1,000 people. Banning. Okay, how does that relate to the common flu? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, like, what, how is one easier to transmit than the other? I mean, the coronavirus is relatively new, so how much has been studied and how much people know for sure? I don't know. Yak, get a doc on line three. See what I can do. There are reports that you can carry it and transmit it, but not be sick yourself. So Yak isn't sick, but he goes to a jazz game, puts on his Darren Williams jersey, goes crazy, and then goes home and gets kids sick or gets his grandparents sick. I wear my Ronnie Price jersey. Your Ronnie Price jersey. Okay, but why are we limiting that to sporting events? If that's as serious as it is, Going to school, going to the supermarket, well, going to work out at a community gym. Yep, those uh, things are all. Where does that going, end? Going to a meeting, going to a meeting, sit in a room with twelve people, and I've already been to a sporting venue with somebody starts. who has coronavirus. I was oh. at that BYU game, and there was well, guys. Stay there. on that side of the glass, then, yeah. I'm just saying. Don't come so. over here. <laughs> and how far are we going to carry this thing? Well, that's going to be up to every individual person. Uh, you know, I've read. Stuff I mean, for the life of me. Well, you know what? That's not going to be up to every individual person because if the individual wants to go to a jazz game and the jazz say no, it's not up to every individual person. Sure, but when you say how far you're going to carry it, decided for you. Some some people are already sending out emails. Hey, telecommute work from home. Other people in the gig economy, if you're you know driving Uber or Lyft, if you don't drive Uber or Lyft, you don't get paid. So if you're trying to make the rent, you're probably more likely to roll the dice. Are you rolling the dice by going to work? Now, is that where we've got to the point where you're li- you're literally taking your life in your hands if you drive an Uber car? You know, again, we got to get a dock on line three. <laughs> well, you keep posing these things as if it's a fact. So there's some, there's we a, don't know. There's been an outbreak. There was a conference in Boston, and something like seventy of the ninety people who went there got sick. So. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. You don't know because you can go to one meeting and not get it, but apparently you can go to this conference over here and over three-quarters of the people got it. You're right. You don't know. And that's why it's just a little bit of a gamble. But it's like you say, and you've said it a million times, crossing the street can be a gamble. It's dark. Some idiot has his lights off and you don't see the car. Uh-oh. So there's, there's risk everywhere. The thing that I don't understand is the Ivy League – postpones their tournaments so these kids especially seniors will never get this opportunity but they're so they're going to send their like they used to do their automatic uh qualifier is the regular season winner right which i i think was yale, yale. yeah it's yale. double check that so they're going to send yale to so, the tournament and those kids would be at risk i for the life of me how does that make any sense well it doesn't <laughs> i don't i don't think it does at all <laughs> But it's one less event, and you can control it. Now you can keep your, your team from going. I mean, the University of Washington, because they've had an outbreak in Seattle, the University of Washington, is, uh, they got 50,000 students, and they're, they're doing classes online now. Groups over 250 in the Seattle area are not happening. Well, yes, the uh, University of Washington basketball team played in Tucson, and then they came to Vegas. They did not go home, where they could have gone home for a couple of days, I suppose. But they did go straight to Vegas because they're playing today. 
So they left uh, probably Sunday, I guess, and uh, came from Tucson. Rather than go back to the Seattle area, came to Vegas, which you got all sorts of people congregating in Vegas. Geez, Vegas is like a little mini New York City on a weekend in terms of the, you know, the little, number of people little petri versus dish the number with, of yeah. square mileage. And so how does that how does that work? And are, and what are we going to do for the schools? Because if your school is open and you feel like uh, you're one of these people that, oh, my gosh, my kids. But the school goes on. Your kids are going to be held accountable for the work that they're missing. So what do we do there? All good questions. I don't think anybody has the answers to them. Except for our listeners. Who, Nate, nothing. It's a flu. Brandon, wake up and realize the media is causing mass hysteria. Use common sense, people. The media? Yep. It's the media's issue? Now, I heard some media are trying to do it, so then, therefore, the economy would tank. And the media, by and large, my experience in it for over 30 years, most folks are Democrats. And they don't want to talk about it. But my experience, they're liberal, and they are Democratic people, Democrats. And so then, you know, I've heard that, oh, the media wants to bring this out as much as possible because then the stock market and whatnot, and the only way Trump's going to get reelected is if the economy is flourishing because he's a disaster. So there's some political reasons there. And I'm wondering if in Utah that's what they're thinking. That And this is not limited to Utah, but certainly that's the audience that we speak to, so that's why we're bringing that up. Is this something that has political ramifications, the one way to get him out and get that newcomer, that young buck who hasn't been in Washington? Oh, wait, that's not really true. So these guys are going to change the world in Washington, and they've been there for 40 years. But now they're going to change everything, and everything's going to be great. So it's political reasons, too. You hear that going on. It is all a big head-scratcher, Dave. Stop the media hype nonsense. (laughs) That comes in from Dave. Dave? Yep, Dave White. Stop the media hype nonsense. Good hell, like the flu has been here all year. Okay, but there's only one Friday night when the state has called a press conference at 9 o'clock on a Friday night. That was kind of weird. The state epidemiologist, I just want to say epidemiologist, state epidemiologist warning us all how to behave so we don't have an outbreak here. What did he or she say in that epidemiologist? Wash your hands. Avoid big groups. I miss that press conference. Avoid big groups. Avoid big groups. Well, then, geez, what are we going to do? I mean, there's 18,000 folks running in. I would advise everyone, and it has nothing to do with the flu, but I would tell you to blow off the soccer. But that that's nothing to do with any health. That's just common sense. Thanks, PK. <laughs> I guess if you need rest, maybe go help you fall asleep. I'm telling you, total goals, that should be the points you score. You, you gotta, you gotta push scoring on us. Don't, don't try to just run out the clock. Interesting to see where this goes. This board of governors meeting is today. You tell yep. me. Yeah, MLS had a conference call yesterday. The NBA is having a conference call today. Baseball is just gonna keep going at least through spring training and see where they end up. I and mean, obviously, you know, the Mariners. What's the number? Yak, two hundred fifty people. 
Yeah, in Seattle, Seattle. the greater Seattle, groups of over 250 people are banned for the time being. And right now, best guess, it seems like a two- to three-month arc on this, and and then you're past it. And they're wondering about the Spokane Regional and the NCAA tournament, even though that's over in Spokane. It's the state of Washington's under this order from their governor. Who's the, who's the get the governor on? What we're we, we doing here? I mean, Dave White says this is ridiculous. Should we be listening more of the Dave Whites of the world? Matt McCann says keep the spectators, get rid of the media. That was actually uh, a hilarious bit. Who's the uh, ESPN? The guy in Miami. Um, Oh, Dan Lebitard. Dan Lebitard had a bit yesterday. He's like, the first thing the NBA does is move the media back 15 feet, ban the dirty media from the locker room. He says, meanwhile, the players run out of the locker room and then high-five fans who've been eating Cheetos and licking their fingers, and they've got video of players running out, literally, you know, run out and everyone sticks their hand out in the tunnel and the players are holding their arms up, high-fiving everybody as they go by. It's like, end of high-fives. No more high-fives for the players. Zach says, tell everybody yeah, to wash the, their hands. Give everybody a gift bag with soap and hand sanitizer, not water bottles and toilet paper. Now we got people going. Well, I have to admit. Go ahead. We bought extra water just because I want my Arrowhead water. I try to drink four a day, and that's always been the case. So I don't want to run out because people like you are going nuts and you're hoarding water. Admit it. You hoarded water and toilet paper. I've bought no water, but there's a stack of toilet paper the size of Texas in our garage. The moat. <laughs> You've just got a Walter filtration system. We know. Really? Uh, we got listeners going back and forth oh. now. David says, why can't we just act normal? It's the flu. And Garrett says, David, it's literally not the flu. It's more of a pneumonia type of deal. Which I guess the fear among the medical people is you treat it with uh, ventilators. And so then you're fine, except that they don't have enough ventilators if everybody gets it. So you have to make sure everybody doesn't get it. Then they'll have to pick who gets a ventilator and who doesn't, if it gets that bad. Well, is everyone going to get it? I have no idea, PK. Kevin says everyone won't get it because we're going to put everyone into individual personal Ziploc bags. It's going to make it hard to breathe. I'd recommend against that. Well, then, yeah, you won't have to worry about that because you'll you'll die of something else. Thomas says, why don't we just let people adult and then proceed with caution? <laughs> Roy, and w- go ahead. Is there any liability if you have these massive events? You know, like just, which, you know, obviously about right now it's basketball games. That's yeah. probably the biggest gathering that we have going on right now, you know, in the fall would be football. But here it's 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 basketball right now. But, oh, baseball and spring training, you know, the, the, you go down to Sloan Park in uh, the uh, Tempe Mace area where the Cubs play, and virtually every game is sold out, man. I mean, they get 12,000, 13,000 people every stinking game because the Cubs in the Phoenix area are so wildly popular and so many folks from the Midwest, obviously the Chicago area where the weather stinks this time of year, come out to the Phoenix area in March where the weather generally is great. So what do you do there? So baseball, the regular season doesn't start for another couple of weeks, but they still have, it wouldn't 12, anything, 10,000, wouldn't that be a large gathering of folks? And the NBA, obviously 15, 18,000, depending on where you are. And 
so you got that going on there, and how do you handle that? And, and are they doing it for liability purposes too? Could they be held liable on that? Is finances involved in this too? Well, I think finances health? finances involved in everything. You know, if you decide to. I mean, if you decide to hold an NBA game without fans, I assume you're refunding the money. So depending on the arena, luxury suites, courtside tickets, I mean, that's a big old pile of money. Oh, for sure. Yeah, especially people would be affected. In the- right, especially if you do it for two or three weeks. I mean, you're basically, could the NBA look in at the rest of the regular season? You know, but the flip side of that is... Yeah, that and then you- also, too, you got going on there for the folks uh, that we know anytime there's a... We'll just use the jazz as the obvious example because it's in our community. But we know, uh, particularly on a Friday, Saturday night, which this week they have them both, uh, that the restaurants and uh, parking attendants and all the other stuff that goes into it, how much people make and how many businesses get an opportunity to up their cash flow on home game nights, particularly ones who are on the weekends, right? So what do we do there, man? This is... I'm glad I'm just a simple dude who doesn't make any hard decisions in life because so many folks can be affected negatively financially. Uh, I know one of the ushers that goes back to the gig economy. You know, they're counting on that money. You, you work uh, of with concerts and other uh, ice shows and other events coming in. You know, you, I think yes. they can control a little bit, but you got people working 40, 60, 80 events, whatever it is, you know, it adds up. And so one, and once you cancel one or you hold the crowds out on one, well, then you got to shut everything down. I mean, you can't have an NBA game in an arena one night. And then what about the NHL game the next night? And what about the concert the night after that? And what about... An ice show after that, I mean, it goes on and on. So, you know, a lot of these arenas, they have a lot of events in now. I mean, they've, they've gotten pretty good at scheduling them, not just here, but all over the country. I mean, the Staples Center in L.A. is busy nonstop. And USC, I mean, basically it's adjacent to the campus. And USC is just banned. Now, it's convenient time for a college to say, hey, we're banning stuff because, I mean, it affects the spring sports and baseball games might draw or something, but football and basketball are in the rearview mirror and you're not going to have a football game for six months. Maybe the spring game draws 10,000 people, but it's, it's an easier time of year right now. This is a time of year to ban spectators and suspend football players. It's most convenient. Okay. We've got more people hitting us up on Twitter right now. David says, let them decide how best to proceed. Don't cancel events or ban fans. I think the other thing that's looming out there is you see, like, when someone does test positive and then they're quarantined for 14 days, you know, the last thing the NBA wants is to have to quarantine players or even quarantine multiple players or even a whole team during the playoffs. If I were the NBA and the NHL right now, I'd absolutely be considering that. That would really be a problem. But some teams Consider just can't, what? can't. Well, if, if somebody did, if, so, if a player does get it, then you got to quarantine a player during the playoffs. Some star player. I mean, that's who people tune in for. The whole team's exposed. You have to quarantine a whole team. They just have to forfeit a playoff series. I mean, the NBA doesn't want any part of that. So maybe you take the <laughs> short term hit. I mean, I'm sure they're going to talk about all this stuff on the phone. Somebody's going to bring it up today. Somebody ought to bring it up. Yeah, that, that's strictly for money reasons then. Yeah. They're all businesses. These are all money decisions. That's it. It's not really for health. It's money. No, it's health too, but they're also money. I mean, it's more than one thing going on. 
All right, DJ and PK, I think we solved it. There it is. All done. Don't need conference calls now. We'll take a break. DJ and PK, Tim LaCombe's coming up at the top of the hour. Utah Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. Talk college basketball and March Madness with him and the Jazz and the Thunder tonight. Stay with us. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Alfonso Anderson. Are you a one shining moment guy? Do you like that montage they do every year? Oh yeah, that little commercial fires me up a little bit. <laughs> See? Yeah, no doubt. Growing up as a basketball player, now you've always wanted to be in this spot. Here you go. You guys know you're going to be dancing. What's going through your yeah. mind? What are you going to do to try and get on one shining moment, Alfonso? <laughs> you know, just play hard every day, really. Like I remember growing up in elementary school, the, uh, the teacher would throw it on the, the TV in class and I was the one that was always too distracted and didn't do the schoolwork because I was watching March Madness. <laughs> For me to be here right now, if you're in a situation, it's good and I just got to take advantage of it, you know? Just continue to work hard until we get there and when we get there, do what I know I can do and perform well. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Purchase Ford fans on all you need tickets to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. Starting as low as $37 per ticket, visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford fans on all you can eat tickets now. Jazz and the Thunder tonight. Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoma and NewsOK.com, one of our favorite recurring guests, will join us at 9 o'clock. Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, will join us at 8 o'clock. It's the Jazz and the Thunder tonight. So, it just can't be another streak, PK. The odds on this seem too outrageous. It seems like if they're going to play 500 ball over four to six weeks, which is basically what they've done, then there ought to be a little back and forth where they're up and down, you know, game to game or every couple of games. And we ought to be done with the four and five game streaks. It seems freakish the way this has worked out. I'm expecting a better game at some point. Now, of course, that means... Bojan's got to shoot the ball. Donovan Mitchell, I expect, bounces back. They don't use, he doesn't, Donovan doesn't usually have a lot of bad games in a row. Bojan has gone through some, some streaks here. Maybe a little harder to count on him. Yeah, I think at this point in the season, with the players that they have, uh, we pretty much know what has to happen for them to win. There's no big mystery. They're probably not going to win in a way, in a manner where we look at it after game and say, wow, I didn't really see that coming. If they win, the formula is already there. And they need this type of contribution from each individual player, what he's capable of giving. doesn't necessarily have to be 100% every night. Now, some, you, know, you need to get as close to 100% every night. What I mean by that is you can win a ball game with Niang going 0 for 3, taking three three three-pointers and missing all three, right? So obviously guys have more important roles and are critical to the overall success of the team more than others. But generally speaking, they've carved out the way for them to win, and they need to play to that level because if they don't, I mean, we've seen they're just not good enough. But if they, that's the interesting thing. It's the fascinating thing, too, because if they do play to the levels that they're capable of, then they're really, really good. And I know you can say that about a lot of different teams. I understand that. But we're talking about the team that we follow every day. And they've got enough weapons to be an outstanding ball club. I mean, super good, really good. And then we see that if it's not all there and you have 
two or three guys off. Now, you can survive a Niang 0 for 3, but you can't survive a Mitchell and Bogdanovich being what? 15, 20 points, certainly to make 10 to 15 points under their averages and what they can give you. And Clarkson needs to be able to do his thing. And so we'll know. I mean, you can watch the game. Okay. Is it going to be happening? And then you have a really good idea. Well, probably, what, by the middle of the second quarter, that they got a decent chance to win. Because some of those games during the streak after the All Star break, when they were losing, it's like, man, this is awful, yeah. and this is not going to change, and they're going to go down tonight. It's crazy how you can you can sense it. You can you can't see it literally because it's not seeable, visual, but you certainly can sense it that they're just off, and it's not going to happen. So it adds to just a ton of intrigue every night, and you can better believe what's it with being back in Oklahoma City started six tonight. You yeah. can better believe that you know we're going to be locked in, thinking, all right, what's it going to be tonight? You're going to be great. You're going to be average. You're going to be low average because they're capable of all those things across the spectrum. Oklahoma City's having a great stretch here, and the seventeen and they've gone seventeen and five over the last twenty-two games. That's a little more than a quarter of the season, and they've only suffered one bad loss. The Spurs got them, so they're playing at a pretty high level right now. They've got good wins mixed into this. They're like everybody else. They play some teams that aren't very good, and they beat them. Uh, you know, you beat the teams you're supposed to. Here comes Atlanta. Here comes Orlando. Here comes Portland, and they've handled teams like that. But they've beaten the Rockets in this stretch. They've beaten the Celtics in this stretch. They've beaten the Nuggets in this stretch. Those are some quality wins right there. So yeah. I'm assuming they're not going to beat themselves, and that the Jazz are just going to have to play at a really high level on the road. But for whatever reason, the Jazz have been playing way better on the road than they've been playing at home. They've lost seven out of ten at home. And they've had some bad performances on the road, but they, they pretty, they've pretty well held up on the road. As much as you think you'd rather have this game at home, I just don't think that's true the way they're playing at home now. Yeah, I think at this point in the season that that stuff, does, I don't really care where the game is being played. Uh, Oklahoma City is an excellent team. I think the, there's two things that, that are difficult to do in this league, in really any league for that matter is to build a title of contender, right? To get to that level, particularly the NBA, unless you have one of the three or four best players in the game. And if you're Cleveland, the kid was born there and wanted to come back home and you're in Los Angeles, well, he wants to go be a movie mogul. So you got that going for you right there. So in the NBA, it's hard to do that. Now, you can develop talent and hopefully it rises up. So you got that going on. And then I think, and this is what Oklahoma City, in my mind, is what they're doing right now, is they're maintaining a competitive level while rebuilding. And I think that is really hard. And they haven't sunk, right? Because in the last two years, they've traded away premier players in this league, right? They're two best, and they haven't sunk to the bottom. And that's pretty doggone impressive, I think. In fact, not only have they not sunk to the bottom, you're saying that they're 17-5 and five over their last 22 games. or 22 right. games, whatever you said it was. And with a win yeah. tonight. With a that's win, really, really impressive. With a win tonight, they would tie the Jazz for fourth in the West, and they'd have the tiebreaker. They would have won two out of the three this year. So that's a little better than not sinking to the bottom. It's not just, you know, you're not just hanging out in the playoff race, 7-8-9. You're five with a chance to right. move to four. 
Yeah, that's to me that is highly impressive. I don't know that it's getting the run that it, it deserves. Not. That you, you, you've built a team you, as you're rebuilding. You're still ma- maintaining a level of competitiveness. You know, you brought up earlier. I followed the Diamondbacks. Well, they traded Goldschmidt. They traded Zank, uh, Zach Greinke. You know, they're two best players, and they still won over 85 games last year. And, you know, you're talking about some other teams we've seen as they've rebuilt it, and it's been going four and five and six years, you know what I mean? And the Astros, aside from the cheating aspect of it, they had said uh, three, would they have three 100 seasons, or three seasons was they lost 100 games or more. I mean, that's a lot of games to lose in an individual season, right? And then they, they rebuilt it, and they built it successfully, and, you know, cheating aside, nevertheless, they still acquired uh, very good players, but they sucked for a good while till they got to that point, and so we're seeing the Thunder, they're not doing that, they're rebuild in Philadelphia, you know, they rebuilt and rebuilt, and they just were awful for a good long while, and if Oklahoma City doesn't do that, because obviously they're not doing it right now, that man, if I'm an Oklahoma City fan, I'm thinking, hey, that's pretty good. You don't necessarily are you going to win the title this year. You're probably not. But you're not playing garbage basketball. In the meantime, you're playing good competitive ball. If I'm an Oklahoma City fan, I can go to their games and probably have a good time because they've got some good they've got a nice balance of some veterans and some young guys. And this is this is an impressive job. So if the Jazz find a way to win, this is an impressive win. And I can argue that uh, since the All-Star break, if they get it, it'd be their most impressive win. They've gone to the playoffs nine times in ten years, and during that time they've lost James Harden, Kevin Durant, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. That's, that's a lot of talent leaving town. That is, that well, actually, is and they traded run. away two All-Stars, too. Oladipo and Sabonis. Yep. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, former BYU coach, joins us next.